such a good day everybody i just got back from cheesecake factory to celebrate my pipsqueak brother quincy he made the golf team um he did not want to play on the football team big of him he did originally go out for the football team though he tried to go out for the middle school football team realized playing football at 68 pounds is kind of tough so big moment for him to step down and decide to play golf and then he made the golf team very clutch out of Quincy. I think he shot a fifty. I think he shot fifty-one and a sixty-two, tolling for a one-thirteen. So I could still beat him silly on the golf course. So watch out, Quincy. He's twelve, by the way. Twelve years old. Yeah, you know, that, I'm actually jealous of that. All seriousness, I'm jealous that he made the golf team. I wish I would have played golf in high school. I played football instead, took a lot of brain damage. Um, I was also very small, and I still kind of grew up in the days of football where you would hit at practice. And let me tell you, I'm paying for it. (laughs) I'm paying for how bad I was at football. Even to this day, I wish I would have played golf. It'd be nice right now because I love to play golf. I love to play a lot of it. And I, like, am just very, very excited to shoot in the 80s on days. I wish I was better because I have a cousin that played high school golf. I have another brother who played high school golf, and they're nasty. They're freaking nasty. So huge of you, Quincy. Huge of you. Congrats, buddy. I guess if you ever really want to, you can just quit golf and start hitting the weights and eating carbs, and then you could play football, I guess. So, like, you can't, you can't, you can't join golf later in your scholastic athletic career but you can join football in your scholastic athletic career so making the right moves buddy making the right moves um it's wednesday august 4th and you know i've been saying it in the first couple episodes of the week i just i can smell fall in the air man i just i know it was hot today but I explained this on the Buckeye show. I was like, it was hot, but it was also cold at the same time. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, it felt like a October hot day, not like a July hot day, which August should feel like July hot days, but it feels like October hot days, which means it's football and it just generates football smell. Football smell is not actually like a physical smell. It can be a physical smell, but it's just something that happens to you throughout the day that triggers. Like, for example, I got Starbucks today. I got Starbucks today. Why that triggered football smell is because I usually, I was, or this time last year, I was getting a lot of Starbucks because I was working a battery job and I was calling high school football games on the radio and so I'd have a little like layover and I'd get changed at my battery job and then I'd drive to Starbucks get in my laptop and just kind of prepare for the game like there so like naturally like I pair 
Friday night football with Starbucks and you know Mackenzie and I and I did not go to Starbucks just willing willingly today. I went to Starbucks because Mackenzie wanted me to go to Starbucks and we wrote a letter to our future selves describing what the first month of marriage was like. And here's how you know that you have not done a fantastic job. She's done a great job. She has been absolutely dominating it as a wife, like A plus wife out of her. That's what I said. I said, I was like, I think marriage has been great so far. And she was like, well, and she, she very nicely said, well, it's been a learning, it's been a learning, there's just learning to do. Like, I wasn't expecting to, I wasn't expecting, I didn't think I truly knew the way that she would live. And what she means by that is she didn't realize that, like, I play a lot of video games, I watch a lot of sports, and I have a raging gambling addiction. I sometimes make cocktails during the day. I mean... I don't know what to say. I feel like you. Sh- there were a lot of things that were pointing towards that lifestyle. Like the fact that when I, you know, maybe not the video games. She doesn't see me. And I only play video games really when I have absolutely nothing to do. I have nothing to do and I just need a quick like 20 minute hit- hitter of video games. Like it's like it's like taking a smoke break for me. Video games are like a smoke break for me. I just, I need to play a little PGA 2K21, which is a great game, by the way. I don't know if you guys have that game. It's a uh, golf game. Great game. I'm so happy that they brought PGA games back. Um, I, and they're missing some stuff. There's some some elements of the game that they're definitely missing. Like, you can't play as pros. Like, when you play, that was always, like, a fun part of the old, like, Tiger Woods video games is, like, you would pin, like, you know... Uh, VJ Singh up against Ernie Els, you know, like you could just be, or John Daly, like everybody always wanted to be John Daly, or, you know, the lefties wanted to be Phil, or Bubba Watson, like, you know, you could just have fun mixing and matching, like the group, and, you know, there were different skill, like, and then obviously, like, if you wanted, if you wanted to dominate, you would just pick Tiger, because Tiger was, you know, his the video game was named after him, it was called Tiger Woods, you know, 2008, or whatever, um, but yeah, so I love that the golf. And then the golf games took a big break. They, I think they took like a set six or seven year break between making them, and they started making them again with 2K. And 2K is amazing. But like I said, I just wish you could be the professional players in the game. They did make this uh, course designer element, which is a ton of fun. I've made a couple of like the courses that me and my buddies like to play because I, you know, I just like to do that. Like I used to play a lot of le- with a lot of Legos back in the day. I used to like. That was kind of my creative space was building things that centered around sports. Like I like to build a lot of stadiums out of Legos. So like naturally when they put uh, a golf course maker in PGA 2K, I'm like, all right, I'm going to build a couple golf courses, obviously. Like that's sick. Like I don't know what, what doesn't sound fun about that. Like you can just build your own golf course. Okay. And took a couple weeks, built the Table Rock golf course up in Centerburg. And now I'm like six holes into building Wyandotte Golf Course, also in Centerburg. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have the energy to finish that one. Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll circle back to it. I'm just too busy right now, man. 
doing a lot of podcasts. Obviously, we're doing a daily hockey, dude, just because there's so much hockey news that needs to be talked about on a day-to-day basis. And there's always something. And if not, I can do things like like I said I'm going to do on this episode. I'm just going to rank all 32 teams I'd want to play for if I was a free agent. You know, free agency just hit. I'm just going to go bottom bottom to top. Bottom to top. The, the teams that I'd want to play for the least to the ones all the way at the tip top of the list. Just my personal preference. That's all. Um, and I'm... It's a non-biased list, non-biased from a fandom perspective. Like I'm, I'm gonna be fair to like the Blue Jackets rivals, and um, I'm gonna be completely honest. Like, I, like you know, for the Pittsburgh, Boston, Washingtons, the, the, the New York Rangers, like to you know St. Louis, the teams that I just hate, like really, really dislike. I'm not gonna rank you poorly just for that reason. Like it's gonna be solely based off how I just am picturing it as somebody coming over from Russia, you know, who doesn't know anything about the league, but just does like a minor brief history. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to rank them all night. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to rank five. I'm going to start with five. I think that's fair. I think that's a pretty cool idea, but let's waste no time. Let's get into it. I saw this today and obviously this is really freaking exciting. Um, John Tortorella is uh, the Blue Jackets ex-coach, Lightning ex-coach from 04, won a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning, their first of three Stanley Cups, very good team, beat the Calgary Flames, was it in seven games, I think back in 04, pretty sure, Um, and then, you know, he went on to coach the Vancouver Canucks, did a somewhat poor job there, or maybe he did the Rangers after that. Before he did the Rangers, though, he was in TV with TSN and for one year, and he was pretty electric on air. Um, I think he was a, a little too young and had a little too much energy left in him, so he decided to get back into coaching. He coached the Blue Jackets for six years, took us to a, on a few playoff runs. That was pretty fun. And now he has retired from coaching. The young man is 63 years old, and now he's getting back in with ESPN. Oh, yeah. I love this. I love this hire so much. This is so electric. Um, Yeah, I hope even this time around, though, he just says screw it and just goes balls to the wall. It's the perfect media for It's the perfect um outlet for him to do so, you know, because, like, the difference between TSN and ESPN is TSN is like the hockey network like that is pretty much the nhl network like that is canada's like big that is canada's espn so obviously like when you're on there to do hockey like you got to be like a little bit serious way professional you totally know that you are going to be judged based off your hockey knowledge so when you do use your limited airtime that you have you have to use it in a way that is going to show that you are knowledgeable about the game of hockey espn hires you and espn is just now getting in bed with hockey so the way that they look at it is oh we're america's broadcasting now we're like we you know we get all the sports fans all across the country and as i talked about on the last hockey dudes episode like obviously we know hockey isn't the number one sport in america it's not the number two sport it's not 
the number three sport. It's fighting for it a little bit, but we'll comfortably put it at the number four most popular sport in America. <laughs> so, and you know, a lot of folks don't know a whole lot about the game. You know, there's always arguments about what is icing and, you know, there's people have a fun time trying to name all the teams in the league. Like when you say their city or their team name, like what's the name of the city? Or when you say the city, like what's the team that plays there, you know? So maybe this is the perfect, perfect spot for torts. Like they say to him, like, Hey man, bring the electricity, (laughs) like bring what we saw out of you when you would be on TV after the blue jackets games or at, or, especially bring on what you what we what you saw on TV after Rangers games. We loved that. That's what we want. Now, this is a really good hire though. I mean, Torts he obviously is a glowing personality and he can have a lot of fun with this thing if he chooses to have fun with it. And I think you're going to get that of him. I think the other thing is too is he's not looking for another coaching job, or at least I don't think so. I think he's done. I really do think he's done coaching. And so this way he doesn't have to maintain that level of professionalism and hold out his and and just, you know, try to just let loose on your personality, man. Like, you don't have to impress everybody. Like, just make us freaking laugh, man. Bring some hockey insight. Don't get me wrong, but we got a lot of hockey minds at ESPN. ESPN has done a banger job hiring. And if you don't believe me, just look at their list. I mean, it is stacked. Do just get out there and go crazy. <laughs> get out there, get in front of the TV, and just go ballistic because that's exactly what we want. Um, I did see this tweet today. This was from some. I'm not even gonna say his name. Some unnamed um, media member on on Twitter today. They said this. John Tortorello during his time as head coach, was incredibly disrespectful to the media. He's now working for ESPN. Few things in sports piss me off more than that. Period. End tweet. That is <laughs> that is an example of a guy who, at one point, two things. One, this guy respect. This guy is just a huge media guy. <laughs> He's a huge media guy. Like that's the thing with media is like we sh- we we don't have to unify together. You know, like we don't have to. Media is so interesting to me because it's like you have to maintain this level of professionalism, or at least you you think that. Um, it's like it's like. The corporate tryhards meet the. I'm I'm really explaining media really badly, but just let me say this: media member. I'm I'm just going to call out specific media members, not call them out specifically by name, but just say specific genre. Media members who take themselves too seriously, they contradict themselves because. It is a better thing for that media member if more people are watching and paying attention to the sport that they cover, correct? So, if it's better for more people to be paying attention and to be more interested and choosing to watch your sport, shouldn't it be more entertaining 
And people do not, like, people get bored by boring player interviews. Fans get bored by boring coaches' interviews. They get bored by boring news articles. They get bored by boring podcasts. Like, all these things can make a sport boring. What Torts does is, yes, it is rude. I think a lot of the way he interacted with media was out of a place of arrogance. It was out of a place of genuine dislike for reporters and beat writers. But to be completely fair, he did work in cities where there was a lot of pressure on him to perform as a head coach. And I think because of that, the media would be more hard pressing, right? Like look where he worked. He worked in most of his, his outbursts happened in two places, Vancouver, big hockey market and the New York and New York. So obviously another big hockey market, like Rangers and Vancouver Canucks, very popular teams. You don't see a lot of rants out of Tampa Bay. You really don't. I actually don't know if I can think, I don't know if you'll find one rant out of him in Tampa Bay. Now I'll, jump back and say you will find rants out of him from Columbus which is much more similar to Tampa Bay in terms of the pressure that the fan base puts on the coach to succeed thus in turn how much harder the media is and beat writers are when asking questions but the only difference is is he coached in Columbus after he had had bad experience with media in those other two cities. He's a hothead, too. That's the other thing. But he's a hockey coach, okay? Hockey coaches are crazy. That doesn't excuse them from being rude because he is rude. He, he What he was is he was rude to a lot of media members. I think at heart he is not a rude guy. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's a very good person. Um, I don't have a personal relationship with him, but I mean, I've was obviously a fan of the Blue Jackets in his time while he played, while he coached here. And I can say with 100% confidence that players loved him, other coaches loved him, and there were some people at my specific place of employment that loved him. So I'm very happy for him. I think he's going to be great on TV. I think he will prove to the world that there is a healthy balance between being fun and exciting and also bringing knowledge to the game. And obviously with his experience as head coach in the NHL, he will be able to bring tons of insight, tons of wisdom to the game. And, you know, he will help hockey fans be better hockey fans. And I also just think he'll grow the audience. I mean, isn't it going to be good when you see clips of him ranting or calling players out on the internet, like go across Twitter, like crazy hockey, like analysts, like, you know what I mean? Like that stuff's going to be good for the league. That's going to pull people in who don't normally watch hockey or don't normally pay attention to certain players. Now, granted, he did he did kind of ruin guys' careers. <laughs> he ruined Sean Avery's career. He did when he called him selfish. And, but Sean Avery was that guy, though. Based off what we've seen out of him like since he retired from hockey, that guy is not a cool guy at all. He is a big-time tryhard. He is very very egocentric there is a lot of reasons to believe what torts said about him back in the day is 100 percent true so that being said as long as he's good about it and as long as he's chill and just you know gets on camera and just says things that are like 
politically correct and, you know, doesn't cross over any lines, he can have fun with that thing, man. He honestly can. We're in an evolving world. And honestly, there's crap said about people all day on the internet. I'm sure there's nothing he will say a player hasn't heard before from somebody, you know? It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does with ESPN specifically because ESPN, I think, is, like I said, I really think they're going to let him go loose or really try to encourage him to. So that's really fun. Um, um, I wanted to get into some more Evander Kane stuff because I saw this today. I saw a report to The Athletic that there were – a lot and lot, a lot of teammates, or just, I shouldn't say a lot of teammates because that makes it, I guess, a lot, a lot, a lot of teammates. Sounds like it was the whole San Jose Sharks. No, but there were um, a handful of teammates that do not want Evander Kane to come back for the Sharks this upcoming season. And it's not even because of what is going on with, um, you know, his situation with his wife right now. And I don't think it is because of the accusation this is this is obviously something that was that happened and took place them going into the summer because it looks like the San Jose Sharks were trying to trade him this past year or look to get him off of the roster in the summer and it's just surprising because uh, I mean they just couldn't get anything back I guess worthy enough for a guy that they might have been desperate to get out of there for them not to get any return to not see this trade go through is quite surprising but you know naturally clicking on this article with the athletic is what it's on i saw this he actually commented back on his gambling issue and his financial struggles back in may i think it was of this year he said this he said with respect to my gambling, it has been an issue in my past, and it would be inaccurate to pretend it has not had a negative effect on my life, financially and otherwise. He the, he wrote this in a declaration attached to the March filing of bankruptcy. And then here his quote is again, I have undergone and continued to receive personal therapy to deal with it and other matters and hope that the issue is behind me. End quote. That's a sad stuff, man. That really is. And honestly, that is that is in a non in a non-joking matter. That is huge of him to admit that his gambling is an issue and to admit that he does have a problem. And I guess it is good to see that he has been trying to get therapy. I really don't know if I believe he was throwing games this past season. I I mean, maybe, I just, I don't know. I feel like with what we know, with what happened to, I mean, obviously the Black Sox and what happened to Pete Rose and how the baseball community treats him, I find it really, really hard to believe that he would have bet against himself, especially because you can't even, in hockey, time on the ice is so valuable. It's not like... It's not like basketball where you get subbed out and you only play for you only miss half the game. Like in hockey, you miss two thirds of the game if you're a top line guy, you know, because they got other lines that they go to. You are not on the ice for two thirds of the game. So 
you don't want to, when you are on the ice, you want to play as good as you possibly can to continue to prove yourself. Even the best players in the world, I'm sure Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, the best centers, like they would say to you that they feel like that they have to prove themselves every shift because they don't want their time on ice to diminish. Because that's how you obviously stack the points. That's how you get paid. Like, there's a, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's some level of, um, maybe he was betting on himself. I would absolutely believe that. I would, I'm not even going to say that didn't, I, that absolutely is true. He, he has bet on himself. If he has a gambling addiction, especially if, a, if he has a sports gambling addiction. Now, that's the thing. I do think that there is a difference between a sports gambling addiction. I, I, there can be a difference between the two. He, we, his wife said that he has gone on trips to Europe and, you know, will spend late nights in a casino and they, you know, his wife posted pictures of certain mail that they had got from actual casinos in, uh, like Las Vegas and California and whatnot. Um, so we know that he does spend time at a casino and that's probably what he's referencing to when he says his gambling addiction. I think that can be more addicting or maybe not more addicting, but I think that can be different than sports gambling. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm speaking straight out of my butt, but like with sports gambling, it's just different. Like there's a lot of like, there aren't a lot of sports books in casinos. Now there are sports books in some casinos, obviously, but like sports gambling is something that is done on your phone now. A casino vibe is completely, I can see why that would be addicting. Just like, you know, like I've referenced already 50 times. Golf is addicting to me. Being at a golf course is what I want to be around. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily have an, an addiction to watching golf. I do watch golf. But that just is not, the addiction to watch golf is not the same as the addiction of playing golf. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Maybe I'm wording that completely upside down, but that's what I think. I just think that they're different. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. But either way, this is really tough news for Evander Kane. And um, like I said, he's in a tight one. He's in a tight one. I would be very interested to see if he plays for any team this year. I think I think there's an as long as he did not actually bet against bet against his team, which I don't believe he did. I don't believe he did because he had too good of a year. He was a point of game guy this past year with the Sharks. And also like how do you throw a game in hockey? Like I don't know. It just seems like a very hard thing to do. Like when Pete Rose um, allegedly bet against his team, he was the manager. There's way more control you have in a baseball game as a manager than you do as a winger in hockey. That's just what I think. Because if you're playing bad, the coach will pull you right away. You know, coaches don't care anymore. Nobody is entitled to ice time. So I just have a hard time believing that. And that's just me thinking about it. It's me clearly seeing that back in this past year, he admitted that he has a gambling addiction. I feel like if you're going to admit that publicly, you wouldn't try to continue to, you know, risk your reputation by betting 
against yourself. Now, granted, who knows if he cares about his reputation at this point. I mean, he's in deep. He's in a tight one. He's in a tight one. We'll see if he gets out. All right. Final segment of this episode. I'm going to start by ranking all the teams I would play for if I was a free agent. And this is not biased based off of fandom, but purely observational. Purely if I was a free agent right now as a 24-year-old, which teams would I choose to play for? And I'm going to start from the bottom of the list all the way to the top. I'm going to rank all 32. Tonight, for the sake of um, just time, I'm just going to rank 32 through 28. And again, I will not be just putting the Blue Jackets rivals at the bottom purely because of the fact that the Blue Jackets have a rivalry with them. I'm going to be picking teams based off just what I think. Okay? So just so you if you are fans of, you know, the Rangers, the Capitals, the Penguins or the Bruins, like stick around or the Blackhawks, stick or the Bolts, you know, teams that I have notoriously hated on this podcast, stick around and hear the list because I think um, yeah, you might and you might enjoy it. Okay, so I'm gonna start. This is the official list. So the very last team that I would sign free agency with would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would absolutely never go play for them. There's no chance in hell that would interest me. Pittsburgh is an is a pretty city, and I'm sure there are fun things to do there. But just playing for a franchise that has had it very lucky in drafting two generational talents in back-to-back-to-back decades, three ge- four generational talents on their team in back-to-back-to-back decades, it must be nice. Five cu- or how many cups? Five cups in 30 years. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, that's all they got there. Sports. That's all they got to lean on. Um, they have decent sandwiches. I mean, there was one time I had a Permani sandwich that was very cold. I have some cousins that live there. They are great people, and I love to visit them. And I actually, I do love to visit Pittsburgh. It's a very pretty city, like I said. Very nice ballpark. Um, you know, but I would absolutely not sign with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. Team number 31, the Boston Bruins. I would not sign with the Boston Bruins because everybody wants to play for the Boston Bruins and they're just not clutch. They never show up in big games, in big, big games, like in big, 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 big games. Like you'd think they'd be a team that would have five Stanley Cups in 30 years because of how much talent they've had on their team and the playoff run that they've been on. But no, they're just not clutch. They choke games away when they matter. They are the 31st team that I would play, what I would sign free agency. It's sign in free agency, okay. The 30th team would be the Washington Capitals. One, the, and the re- only reason they're in front of the two other ones is because um, I like their colors red, white, and blue, classic. Their winter classic or their uh, reverse retro jerseys were the best. Alex Ovechkin seems like a great guy to party with. It's Washington D.C. It's na- it's the nation's capital, but Washington D.C. also has a bunch of corrupt politicians, and I just don't want to be around that. That's extremely bad vibes. Um, and while I think Washington D.C. is definitely like a one, it's very touristy, I imagine. So I just don't want to deal with all that. The 29th team I would play for, if I was a free agent, would be the New York Rangers. Now, granted. Nothing probably beats playing in the square in this in the garden 
that would be cool. But the Rangers, like, they're just like the Bruins. Like, everybody wants to go play for them. Everybody is always signing with them. It's just the, you know, it's just the, like, I don't know, I guess the mainstream thing to do. I like to go a little bit against the grain, you know. I don't want to just pick something just because everybody else is doing it. And, you know, the Dirty Dirty Rangers, they just that just doesn't interest me. They haven't had a lot of players in their years that I would enjoy um you know playing for because in a way when you pick a team to be you know out of free agency you're choosing that franchise's history that just doesn't interest me man I would not want to play for the Rangers Madison Square Garden is cool and would be a great place to play as an opposing team and maybe that's why later in the list I will pick teams in their division who knows who's to see all right and the 28th pick for teams I would be free agency for so we're getting closer in the list at least this team hey you finished first of the teams to start the list. That's pretty cool. So you're not the bottom of the bottom, but you're like the top of the bottom. The St. Louis Blues. One, I just really don't feel like there's a lot in St. Louis. Um, their murder rates are really high, which is sad. It's really sad. And, you know, I, I did a hard... I've chirped, I've chirped St. Louis fans pretty, pretty hard in my days. I don't know why i have a rivalry against you i just do and that's not based on the blue jackets rivalry that you guys that we used to have with you guys in the central which we never really did have because we never were a good team but i just would not pick your team okay i'm just gonna say i I would not pick your team so yeah seattle um eat that i guess um all right i need to hang up this podcast i'll finish the rest of them probably well i'm gonna do five at a time so the next five that i'm gonna do would be 27 through 23 that's five yeah 27 through 23 i'm gonna do 27 through 23 on tomorrow's episode otherwise everybody have a great hump day i'm gonna go hang out with my wife a little bit she's probably watching outer banks right now You know, I didn't watch Outer Banks season one, and, you know, I mean, I was like, okay, we're living together, like, I'm gonna, we we need a show to watch, I'll watch this, I've heard a lot of good things, and honestly, I definitely, definitely see why it's popular, I mean, everybody always says that the people in the show are extremely hot, they are, they are, a lot of hot, a lot of hot people, and I know they're technically high schoolers in the show, they're not high schoolers, they're all like, I'm sure, 20s, you know, so... They're hot. They're hot people. I agree. I agree with Mackenzie. Mackenzie says it herself, so I think I'm good to say it. Everybody is really hot. However, it is a kid's show to me. It is like a, you know, a glorified Goonies or like a Power Rangers without all the special powers. Like, it's just kids just running around, like, doing stuff and getting in extremely life-threatening and dangerous situations, but, like, nobody ever dies. Like, it's extremely dramatic string extremely overblown it's but it's good like the drama like the actual action and the drama is very good it's a very good like if somebody just walked into the room and saw that on tv and had no idea what the show is it'd be instantly invested they'd be like oh this is like interesting like like these kids are trying to steal this gold off a pirate off a ship in the middle of the ocean like this is fascinating like this is awesome this is this is kick-ass 
But then, like, you keep watching and every scene is like that. Like, every scene is some, like, high dramatic intense, like, chase or fight or, you know, and it's like, holy crap, like, how many of these do we have to go through? There's no, like, actual, like, resolution to any of the con- the conflict. It's just conflict on conflict on conflict. But otherwise, it's a good show. It's a good, ki- a good kids show. That's what I'll say about Outer Banks Season 2. And I've already gone too long. Wife's going to be mad. All right. Love you guys. Tell your dog about us. And yeah.